Welcome into another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. My name is Rick McClatchy. I'm your host today. I'm a staff pastor at Manor House Church in Portland, Oregon. We have uh, five campuses serving the greater Portland metro area and one down in Eugene. Go Ducks! And uh, you know what? We're here at the Growing Faith Podcast. Uh, really, our heart is just to simply equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Uh, a lot of podcasts out there may be focused on leadership development and those kinds of things. And, you know, I always just like to think we're, we're here just to speak to the, the average Joe in the pews, because I really believe God's called each and every one of you to fulfill his purpose, his calling for your life, uh, you know, predominantly just through relationship with him as we get to know him, as we dive deep in, in relationship with him. It changes us. It transforms our hearts, and and then motivates us and stirs us to go and do things that uh, that are loving and serving to other people and expanding the kingdom of God as a result. And so, um, you know, one of the things I love is uh, when you're involved in ministry, when you're just doing uh, the work that the Lord has put in front of you, you get the opportunity to uh, connect with other people. You know, the, as the body. Each member of the body finds their part. The body is built up together in love. And, uh, you know, sometimes you get to work with other parts of the body and they're just really cool people. And that actually is uh, the, the benefit that's going on today is I get to invite in one of those really cool people that I've had the opportunity to work with in ministry going years back. Uh, when I really first came on staff at uh, what was then City Bible Church, now Manor House, uh, my good friend Tom Tamaro. Um, Tom, uh, why don't you just give us a little bit of a bio, kind of a history of who you are, uh, and then kind of what your road has looked like since we served together uh, at City Bible Church, and uh, even tell a little bit about what we did together. <laughs> All right, Rick. Well, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I am currently an associate pastor at New Life Church in Biddeford, Maine. We're kind of a um, mid-range church for... Um, for Manor House standards, a large church for Maine standards. Maine's the least populated state in the nation, um, but it's a great place to live, a great place to serve. I spent, my wife and I actually spent seven, maybe eight years at what was then City Bible Church. Um, and that's where obviously I met you and Mark Daniels and a lot of other great people. And I love serving there. Um, and it was really a great time for me to sit under some great teaching, learn, grow, and um build some great structure for what it means to be a leader in the body of Christ. Um, so that me and you, I think we met actually under Pastor Mark Daniels. Uh, I think he had a morning coffee group and uh, we, we met regularly and connected that way. And so that was really a good, a good time for us, a good time for me to grow and get to know you. And during that time, currently I serve uh, in the capacity of working with life group leaders. That's what we call our small groups and the men's and ministry, those type of teams. So your Growing Faith podcast is something that I'm regularly uh, pushing out to a lot of my team because it speaks right to where we're at, just a regular person trying to do the will of the Lord and see God move in our midst. So I appreciate all that you guys do in serving the greater body of Christ. That's awesome. I love it. I love, you know, it's always nice to hear, you know, as you just respond in obedience to what God puts on your heart to do. And then you just go, okay, Lord, I hope you do something with it, you know, because I think if we're all honest, when we look at ourselves and we just think, you know what, I'm not that cool. <laughs> I mean, there are probably <laughs> some, there are some people out there that are like, I am really cool and you best recognize. But 
I think for the most part, most of us, when we really like tell you how we think or feel about ourselves, we'd be like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not that cool. I'm just a normal guy. You know, I got, I got issues, man. And so totally. it's such an, it's such an honor to be in that place and yet have the Lord use you in really dynamic ways to see people's lives transformed. And so, uh, man, I'm just super excited that you're with us today. Thanks so much for making the time. I mean, with a three hour time difference, this recording, you know, like it's early in the <laughs> evening for me and you're like, you know, bags under your eyes, ready to fall asleep. So uh, <laughs> we blame that on the kids. Always blame it on the kids. So, um, so we want to jump into a topic, you know, because uh, boy, has it been an interesting time to be a pastor uh, with COVID-19 and, and everything that we've been going through with pandemic and isolation. And I mean, gosh, this has gone on longer than I think I kind of anticipated it would when it kind of kicked off. But uh, boy, there's been some tensions, you know, in the air. Uh, just, uh, you know, man, our, I mean, our country is pretty polarized right now. You're you either agree with me or you're stupid in a lot of ways. I mean, that's kind of the way people approach each other a lot of times right now. And that makes it for a challenging environment to be a pastor because church, you know, Jesus called all people to himself. He didn't call just white people. He didn't call just Republicans or Democrats. He called all people to that's himself. Right. The Bible tells us that every tribe and every tongue is going to bow their knee and say that he is Lord. And so, because God brings everyone, we we just we have a diversity of people uh, that we that we work with, and so uh, man, I I'm telling you. So just the idea tonight of how do we lead through this season of crisis, and and uh, you know, well, how do we lead through the COVID? So uh, why don't you just take it from there and just kind of jump into. Um, kind of your your anchor thought that you want us to start with, and then let's just kind of go from there. Awesome. I'd be glad to. Something that's kind of particularly my jibe is I'm not necessarily afraid of difficult conversations. And so when we talked about kind of what was going on with COVID, I just mentioned that um, right now having those difficult conversations with people is so necessary. And I feel like the Lord has spoken to me personally that... Um, Ephesians 4, 3, that right now is a time for the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, that we as the light need to make sure that in a dark time, in a time that's very contentious and a very divisive time, that we're going after uh, unity. And what, what was really interesting in, in my really pressing in with the Lord in this thought was it doesn't mean necessarily not having a voice, but it means having the right voice and the right heart in the midst of a really polarized society. And I think the church is totally prepared in Jesus to be the bridge between two sides that are divided and hurt and offended. And because no matter what the topic is of the day, it seems like the last five years, our country has just been two-sided. <laughs> and this just happens to be the newest thing. Um, and we can either be part of the problem or part of the solution. And I think with the Holy Spirit, he's positioned us to super be part of the solution. Come on, that's so good. Yeah, and um, I think sometimes we have to make sure that we're keeping the main thing the main thing. Uh, you know, it's like uh, our founding pastor at uh, uh, Bible Temple, City Bible Church, Manor House. I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, this was one of his statements. It, li it lives in my mind as if it was. And so 
I'm going to now continue on uh, that that myth or that truth. Who knows? Somebody <laughs> listening uh, hopefully can correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, one of his things was just like, we want to major on the majors and we want a minor on the minors. And I think that's just such a simple uh, principle to live by, to go, you know, like how in the kingdom of God, how big of a deal is yep. this principle? And, uh, and so, cause sometimes, especially in America, we, we get, we get nationalism, national pride, you know, patriotism, uh, mixed in with our Christianity. And so sometimes there's this great conflict that happens in our hearts and, and in the church. And, and we feel like we need to be making decisions in the church that push patriotism and nationalism when that's not necessary. It's not a, not necessarily a bad thing. Like I'm not saying poo poo on anybody, but, but we need to be careful that we remember, you know, like we really are aliens in this land. Like this is not ultimately our home. We're, we are but passing through. And if we lose sight of that truth, it changes. I, I don't know. To me, I would say that's like a foundational, how you keep the unity of, of the spirit through the bond of peace is really going back to having that proper perspective, right? I think it yep. even goes then over to another Pauline book into Philippians, where don't be anxious about anything, but with everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. Whatsoever things are good and just and holy, you know, all of the list I can never quite remember all of the names of, um, think on these things, make them your focus. And then in Colossians, you know, turn your eyes to things that are uh, in heaven where Jesus is, that sometimes we, we forget that critical foundational piece of perspective, of like, totally. orient, like orientation. Where are you orienting your heart and spirit? So what are the most important things? Yeah, you know what's interesting? And you, you jump right into it and you're just not afraid to hit the nail on the head with the patriotic piece. I love it. I, the way I see it, and I don't mean to oversimplify it, is there's really two, two things to think about, two streams to be aware of. And one is, first and foremost, the main thing, we're ministers of the good news. That's what we are. And that has to shape and that has to um, be part of everything that we do. You know, how do we love the person in front of us at the moment? And that, once we realize, particularly in, a, in church leadership, because live church is you know whether it's um uh, i'm attending a church and i'm frustrated with leadership and how they're responding or wherever that is whether it's between people attending or leadership at the end of the day sit back and ask yourself is that person that you're struggling with are they in love with jesus and do they want to see his kingdom come and more often than not you're going to tell yourself yeah and so for me that's a, a real easy way to say okay well then maybe i need to pull back and realize that the struggles i'm having in this whole thing this whole debate are about something else. And <laughs> if I'm going to be right out there, Rick, on my phone, I actually have a, co a copy of the Constitution. I, I am, I'm one of those crazy people you talked about, but the Lord made it really clear to me about four weeks ago. He's like, I, I, I don't care about, uh, as much about your First Amendment rights as you do. Now, that doesn't mean it's not important. That doesn't mean the church shouldn't stand up for that. It just means it's not exactly the main thing. It's a secondary thing. You know, and I'm not saying people shouldn't get out there and do whatever they feel they should do, but it really put it in perspective to me that um, 
I just got to make sure that I'm, as you put it, keeping the main thing, the main thing. Um, and I think that's how we keep the, the unity of the pieces. Part of it is, is humility. At what point can I humble myself to say, you know what, I'm, I may not know exactly what I'm supposed to do perfectly because I've never gone through a worldwide pandemic before. <laughs> this is my first one. So let's give each other some grace and realize that we're not all, um, you know, um, pros at this, I guess you'd say. Right. So, so I just, I just encourage people as we're going through this, that, um, we take a look at, at our own heart. And I would say for me as a leader, my number one issue is guarding my own heart. It's not worrying about what other people are doing. It's worrying about my heart and how I minister Jesus's love to those in front of me. Yeah, I, it's so, it's so interesting even having this conversation. I feel like we have to like qualify, 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 qualify every time, <laughs> every time you make a point because of the polarized nature of, of our society. It's oh, like, right. if, if I say kingdom is more important than your first amendment rights, all I'm saying is that one is more important than the other. It, it's like, it doesn't mean the other one is not important or not valuable or not worth anything because people have paid for those with their life. And I don't take right. that lightly. And so it's right. like, man, I, I am thankful. I am so thankful to live in the United States of America. I am so thankful to be a recipient of the freedom and, and just the grace of God that has been on our nation for so many years. I don't take that for granted for a second, but I think sometimes when, when there are conflicting values at play and because we've had a society that has been fairly laid out, you know, when it comes to, to religious liberties, we haven't had a lot of challenges is that again, none of us even have fought those battles before. I mean, we look at history and we see tendencies and stuff from other uh, countries that went through, you know, maybe they had a time where they had some religious liberties and they had them kind of eroded. Um, but the ma the fact of the matter is Jesus has said he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, period. Like, you yeah. know, he, he didn't leave any room for any tricksters in there that are going to find their way in and figure out how to destroy the church. It is not going to happen. Um, I mean, if if the Bible still exists today and the church still exists today, that should give us enough confidence that we're going to be okay. Because the church has made it through some crazy stuff, albeit sure. they haven't executed the plan very perfectly. But uh, hey, you know, so um, oh. so. So give me a couple of points here. I, I love how we've started already. Kingdom. A kingdom orientation. I think that's a great place to start. Humility. Wow. Could we all use just a little bit more of humility? And then just the principle of guarding your own heart. Uh, Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart for out of it come all of the issues of life. Hello. You know, if that's not a... <laughs> If that's not an I told you so ever, you know, like um, guard your heart, people. Like, let's make sure we're doing that. So, um, but you, you'd put some thoughts together um, in how to lead people 
uh, through such a polarizing time. And so I'd just love you to kind of speak to that. So I guess um, some things that I would mention would be um, not only is it polarizing, but it's a time of great fear. So just recognizing that people's response may not actually be simply a political polarization. It could be just a legitimate discomfort or fear of what's going on, fear of the unknown, fear of the unexplained, not knowing what's happening. And allowing everybody, no matter what, let's just talk for leaders, everybody that we're leading, allow everybody to have a voice. And I think the key part is actually letting them be heard. They, they want you to hear what, what their thoughts are on it. They want you to hear their heart on it. A lot of people that I know personally that I'm leading are frustrated. And they, they as a leader, they want me to hear their frustration. And the worst thing I can do is just hear their frustration and then simply disregard it by telling them my own opinion. You know, I want to hear their frustration. I want to hear their challenges. And then I want to take that and bring it back to that main thing and say, that's awesome. You know, because generally somewhere in those frustrations is if you get to the bare bones is a Christian that just wants to be a light in the world and love Jesus fully. Um, so I would just say, no matter which side of a, any, any topic, really any divisive topic people are from are coming from, we just need to realize that. God's leading those people that are filled with his Holy Spirit through their own personality, through their own, their own honesty, through their own politics, through their own whatever it may be. And, and a great place is Romans 14 even talks about this. Like some people are going to, you, you may say, um, no matter what side of the conversation you're on, you may feel or I may feel that my response is the one of great faith and somebody who doesn't agree with me is the one of lesser faith. That may or may not be true. <laughs> that may or may just be pride for all I know. But in Romans 14, it just says, look, it, don't be, don't look down on people who may not have the faith you have, that may not have the belief system you have, that may honor one day more than another, and you're free not to. And all these things, it's just saying, hey, look, it, just make sure you love the people in front of you. Make sure you lead them well. Make sure you hear their heart and make sure you bring them back to a place of faith. Uh, for me personally, um, Hebrews 4.2 has been a real key verse, which is simply this. Make sure we're mixing faith with everything we do. Does it require me to have faith to lead them, or am I just giving them my own opinion on something? So those are good. Those are such, I mean, those are really good thoughts because um, I think starting off at the beginning of what you said there is people, people need to feel heard. They, they need to know that Hey, you know what? Even if we don't agree, well, like we one, we can still be friends. We can still like love each other. We can still work together. We don't have to agree on every single point in order to to work with each other here. And you know what? Like just because we don't agree doesn't mean I think you're a big dumb dumb, you know? Like and and I think that's where we want to move away from is our cultural tendency is like Huh. I mean, if you knew anything, you would agree with me, just like you're talking about out of uh, Romans 14 is like, I mean, the, how many times does the Bible have to tell you not to think more highly of yourself than you ought? Like, I mean, yeah. apparently, apparently it's kind of a human problem that keeps keeps coming up over and over. I'm just so thankful I don't have that problem. Oh, wait. So, um, yeah we just we get this idea in our heads that uh, we that our perspective is the right one and you know of course we need to be convinced of the things that we believe right the, the convictions that we have I, I remember going through bible college and 
uh, one of my one of my esteemed teachers that I sat under, uh, Glenda Mullman. Man, she is an incredible teacher, preacher, uh, prophet. Oh my gosh. Anyways, one of her points, and I remember it rubbing me the wrong way the wrong way when she first said it, but I have now uh, espoused that truth, and now I teach other people the same truth. Is she said, "Let your convictions be few." And your opinions be many. And I just think there's such wisdom mm. in that statement because a conviction, I'm pretty much ready to die for. Like, like <laughs> yeah. these are the things that I hold, you know, self-evident. Like Jesus died for my sins. Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. Jesus ascended into heaven. Jesus is coming back again. You know, like Jesus was born of a virgin. Like you you kind of go through the the creed, you know, and I believe in God, the father, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only son. And, okay. Those are things that are convictions. Those are things that I can, I can die for a lot of the other stuff. I'm going to hold some opinions. And if you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. I mean, so actually the more that we talk, the less this is actually like um, how to lead and how to, how to hold the bond of peace through crisis and it's really just in all the time how we treat each other how to love each other and it's so interesting that Jesus yeah. sim- Jesus really simplified life to two things like love God with all your heart your soul your mind your strength and love your neighbor as yourself i mean in sales they they always say like uh you judge you judge other people by their actions but you judge yourself by your intentions. So, yeah. so that project, Tom, that you gave me to work on, I know I really botched it. You know, I know I did a terrible job, but let me tell you what I meant for, for it to happen. Like, here's, here's what my heart intended. And so I'm giving myself a solid B plus because, man, I meant right. I know it didn't turn out right. And you're, you're going, um, no, that stunk. You get an F like I'm judging you on the outcome, but to yourself, you would grade yourself on your intentions. And so I kind of even think that Jesus had, Jesus knew a thing or two, you know, like, wow, Jesus, that you would tell us to love our neighbor as ourself, like give, give the other person the benefit of the doubt, just like you give yourself the benefit of the doubt. You, you give yourself that little flexibility because you meant well, but it didn't yeah. turn out quite how you intended. And how, how, um, how simple these principles are, how hard they are to consistently put into practice. Totally, totally. So I'll tell you something that the world needs is the world needs an example of how to love people you don't agree with. And I, I did something, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame the Lord on this because I think it really was God kind of teaching me a lesson <laughs> that was, I, I posted, you ever post something on social media that you probably shouldn't have posted? <laughs> of course so, not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I usually stay away from it, but I had, you know, it was just one of those days I'm all riled up and I posted something I probably shouldn't have posted. And a friend of mine who on this particular issue having to do with COVID kind of comes from a different side, brought her viewpoint in well as soon as she did that now it looks to the world like we're fighting because i have two different viewpoints and that's all they know is that if you have two different viewpoints you must be fighting so then another friend of ours comes in and just kind of 
reams her out. And I think one of the great things we can do in, in the church as we're leading people is come alongside those people we don't agree with. Don't just rally those friends. Don't just rally the, the same voices. So I just came back alongside this person and I just, on social media, I said, hey, do you realize she loves Jesus? She's looking for the same end we are. She, you know what I mean? I just, I preferred her. I just threw a lot of grace and honor her way. And I said, even though I don't agree with what she said, or maybe not, I, I'm not saying I didn't, but even though it might be different than what I had posted, I just want you to know that she's going for the same thing we are. She's not the enemy. She's, she's part of the solution. And I think what that does is it doesn't necessarily, it's not, it's not rude to anybody. It just, it's just bringing honor back into the conversation to, to say, look at somewhere in the midst of all this chaos is Jesus. He's not surprised with what's going on. He has an answer for it. And he's just asking me to love that person in front of me. So I think that's why that humility and grace piece is really important because because <laughs> I know that I'm probably wrong more often times than I'm right, you know, and that, it's that opinion thing, just like what you said. A, a yeah, lot of this is right now. Yeah. And then Ephesians six, you know, uh, you kind of have it in your notes a little bit uh, where, you know, people are not our enemy. Um, the, the reality of it, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And I remember walking through a season of my own life where I was having a very high level of tension uh, with some fairly close relationships. And I, I definitely, for a part of that season, I lost sight of that truth that I wrestle not against flesh and blood. And the people that I was having the tension with and, and the struggle with became my enemy even though they are blood-bought saints of the living God. You know, I mean, they are, they love Jesus with all their hearts. They, like, like you said, like, our jerseys are the same color. You know, like, we're on the same stinking team. Yep. And here I am blasting somebody that, that I need to be loving. And it's because I allow my emotions to get to a place. And then I forget, you're not even my enemy. Of course, this is exactly what the enemy wants, is for us to get so divided and so tense with each other that we kick the tar out of each other. And he's like, well, good, I can go focus my efforts in another part of the battle because you guys are doing just fine for me right here. You know, like, yes. let's not let's not win any of the battles for the enemy, you know, because Jesus already won the victory for us. Let's let's walk out the victory that Jesus has won and do it with one another, not against one another. And so one of my greatest assets, one of my greatest, um, uh, well, I'll just say this. My wife has been super helpful to me this time. And for everyone who's married, you know, that comment means it's not the easiest thing in the world, but she'll tell me what I need to hear even when I don't want to hear it. <laughs> and so um, it was, it was one of these times where I was just kind of getting frustrated over just response of stuff it wasn't response wasn't happening the way i thought it needed to happen and she helped me realize like you know what our emotions are really great for they're great to be our own indicator of what's going on inside and it's like i didn't even realize i'm responding or over like out of fear out of anxiety and i just was like where did my joy go and to be very honest with you if i'm gonna be super transparent um I was just personally spending too much time in the news because there's no good news right now. If you just watch the news, I don't care which news you watch. 
it's all bad news. And, and, and she's just like, you know, Tom, <laughs> you may want to turn that off. And in the moment, I didn't want to hear that, of course, but she actually was right. And it was just like another reminder that there's things, you know, the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So I want to make sure that my heart is, is really anchored into to righteousness, to peace and joy. And if that's, if that's not the case, then it's a good reminder to me, hey, there's a red flag. Before I lead, make sure your heart's in the right place to lead in joy, to lead in peace, you know? Um, so I don't know, for me, it's been also, and I know for a lot of believers right now, it's been a great season of getting in the word. And so I just am I'm grateful for that. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny, uh, just the kind of day that I have had today um, and then coming on and having these conversations, it's like, huh, Lord, you're so funny. You have such a sense of humor that you would have this be the topic that we would uh, cover uh, because like I had a day today where I got done and I was like, Cause I just felt the weight, like I, oh, you know, there was no lightness and like the joy, like the, <laughs> the word of God says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy ghost, you know? And I, I definitely wasn't swimming in peace. I wasn't feeling the joy, you know? And um, I love that you even said about, uh, you know, our emotions, being good indicators I, I always say uh emotions are good indicators but they're terrible dictators so uh yeah. don't 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 live by what your emotions tell you to do like don't let them dictate to you totally what you're going to do with your life because uh you know we need to surrender those to the word of god um and which means we need to be in the word of god so we know what the word of god says um and and i like to use the the kind of the phrase preaching preach to yourself like don't wait for Sunday. You got to preach to yourself what the word of like, don't just read it. No, preach to yourself. Like I think that the psalmist, uh, David specifically, but then even some of the other uh, writers in the book of Psalms did this quite well is they said, you know, the one of the most famous one, I think, you know, is like, why so downcast? Oh, my soul, put your hope in God and bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. So he's like, get your butt out of that pit, you know, and he's just talking to himself. He's like, what are you doing? You know, like, get out of that pit and praise the Lord, like, bless his name. But turn your focus on what's really true. And that's really what Philippians 4, 8 is all about. Like, whatsoever things are just and true and holy and praiseworthy, think on these things, focus your heart on these things, the the lofty and weighty matters of the universe that God has settled, make those your focus. And then that, and so that's what I'm doing right this minute is I am literally preaching to myself. This is what you need to do, Rick, because you let stuff kind of get, get to you today. You got a little chippy, you got a little frustrated, you know? And so, Oh, God's good to, God's <laughs> always good to bring the, the correction and you're right. It's not always easy. Like my wife is a tremendous blessing in my life to balance me out, to help me think right, to challenge me. Um, and you're right. It's not always super fun, but boy, I sure am thankful Oh yeah, uh, for God putting her in my life and, and such a good balance. So 
No, and it's true. You had mentioned at the very beginning, I don't remember if it was on the podcast or off before recording, but just how, you know, the, the truth of the matter is all of us, no matter who's on this podcast, are just regular people, you know, and we're all going through the same thing. We all have the same response. He even says Elijah was a man like us, you know, who had the same emotions and all that kind of stuff. And so um, it's just good to remember that you, you, I always think about this thing. I heard somebody once say emotions are like children. You want them on the bus, but you don't want them driving. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. So, you know, uh, I don't know. I, maybe something else that I would just throw out here is kind of veering off a little bit, but it might be helpful to somebody is particularly for that person who is feeling like if I don't do something in this, if I don't lead kind of in that revolt thing, if I don't kind of do something and I'm, I'm all about doing something, go for it. If you feel led that God's doing it, but do it out of faith. Don't do it out of fear. You know, uh, write a letter to your congressman if you want to do that or whatever that is. Do it out of faith. Don't do it out of fear. I had somebody say to me that was so helpful. She said, Tom, before you act, tell me if you're doing, basically this is what she said, before you act, tell me if you're doing it because you don't recognize that God already has people where he needs them. He's already stacked the deck in favor of his kingdom. So, you know, and I just realized, I don't know if that is clear or not, but I just realized really the place that I was coming from was a place of, oh my gosh, if I don't pitchfork and torch it, that something's going to go down, you know? Um, and it just really kind of convicted me, kind of soothed my heart to realize it's really true. God is so good. He really is. He is not surprised by any of this. That doesn't mean I don't do anything. It just means that my responsibility is to react to God, not react to circumstances. That's so good. That is so good. Um, I was going to say something and the thought just whoop, right out of my brain. Um, that's super fun when that happens while you're recording. I love it. So um, maybe it will come back to me. We'll see. Um, so guess, I, and I really believe all of these principles that we're talking about, they don't just apply to the pastor at the church. I think it so easily applies to the small group leader, to the person that's leading the, the group of uh, first impressions, greeters, you know, that welcome people to church, you know, when, when we're in the buildings. And, oh, yes, I remember what I was going to say. See, I knew if I talked long enough, I want to I put you on the spot here for a second and ask you a question. Um, what, if you were to just, you know, take a step back and look at this whole crazy season that we've been living through, and we know that this didn't catch uh, Jesus off guard. We know his hands are still firmly on the steering wheel. We know that he's building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What is one thing you believe God is doing in this season? You know, with, with all of the craziness that we've been through, what is one thing you feel like God is depositing in the church that maybe we didn't have at all? Maybe we didn't have enough of? what's your take from your, from your perspective? That's really difficult only because um, I, I'm not sure. I, ha I definitely have opinions, but I don't have convictions. How about that? <laughs> well, so <wait>. I, <laughs> I would say, um, well, I'll talk for myself personally, but, and then I'll talk for the greater church. I think for the greater church, it's easy to say that, um, a benefit could be that God's just stripping things away that we think are needed that really aren't. I'm um, even talking about coming back to our big building gathering. We have a, a rather large campus 
building, you know, it's, um, we have a few hundred people, almost a thousand people that go to our church any given weekend. And so um, we, we, according to our state standards, aren't going to open up anytime soon. Honestly, I thought it would at the beginning, but I feel like what the Lord is saying is like, no, I, my word doesn't say you need a thousand people together. It just says meet. It just says get together. And I feel like there's such a hunger for the people of God just to meet together and see God move. And I'm almost more excited for that to happen in homes because that's what we're going to be pushing for is really watch parties and connecting at homes um, than necessarily getting back to quote unquote normal. Like I just, I just have this vision. What would, what would happen if a hundred or whatever homes around Southern Maine literally got lit up with the fire of the Holy Spirit. People started getting saved and healed and discipled. It'd be like what the first century church. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's necessarily God's plan. I'm just saying that's something I could totally get excited about. And I know that there are people who are ready to go. They're just hungry. They're ready for Jesus to show up in their living room and they're inviting people already. So um, I would say on a corporate level, at least in our area, that's something I see that I'm actually excited for. It's something that some people may see as a negative that we're not able to all meet back in our building. And I do love that. I love the thousand people together on a Sunday morning worship and there's nothing like it. Um, but I am very excited about the Holy Spirit pouring out on just men and women and children. Look at there's kids that are worshiping with their families right now in their living rooms that honestly they haven't been doing at our church because there's normally kids church and adult church and all this. And so there's just good things happening. Wow. That's so good. I, I, now, uh, like, I, like I said, no, I, oh, go ahead. Well, I don't know if you want me to share my personal thing. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, please. So I would just say personally, if you're interested in that, it's rather bizarre. I feel like, and I don't think it's just me because I'm hearing it from certain other people, uh, not just locally, but um, around the nation. And it's a little bit bizarre, but it's, it's totally gospel. It's, it's this idea of um, that Jesus is actually returning. <laughs> like, it's so funny to say that, like, I, you know, that's obviously a core tenet of what we believe in the gospel. Um, but it's not something in my history we've really talked about a lot. And what I'm finding is the bride of Christ is getting excited about the return of Jesus as, as something we are to scripturally look forward to. And so I just say for me personally, that's been huge in this season for me is God just taking me through the scripture and changing my heart to not make it just something I know about, you know, in my head, but like all of a sudden my heart's just crying out for the return of the Lord in a good way. Not like a Jesus, get me out of here. Cause right. You know, right. And there is a, there is a health. I mean, we're supposed to encourage ourselves with these words. I mean, like first Thessalonians talks about that. Like, um, no, you know what? Like I tell people all the time, like if this earth, if this world is all we have to look forward to, man, forget this. Like, Go live however the heck you want. If this is all there is, like, why? Why care about anyone? Just do whatever you want to do. Look out for number one. But we know yeah. that, you know, like, and so we we need to encourage ourselves with something beyond here because it's pretty messed up. You know, Romans 8 says that the whole entire, like, universe is, is like, groaning in birth pain. Like, so we can't count ourselves out of that population. Like we also will experience some groaning in this process of waiting for the return of Christ. And it is a critical part of our faith 
and we have we have left it out a lot yeah. and so we take one of the key ingredients for people's perseverance of their faith out of the recipe and wonder why the cake falls flat <laughs> and so so yeah i i totally agree with you that is a huge um it, even if it's just change it's it 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 jars us and we go yeah what's going on like it's not sunday as usual it's not church how i've known it for the 40 years i've lived on this planet you know like i've yeah. been a part of church my whole life and this is different and what do i do with this and what does it mean to be a christian if i'm not going to church on sunday if i'm not checking that box what does it mean to be a christian and we all get the opportunity to to self-reflect to ask ourselves that question to ask one another that question and so to me i i think that god has uh removed the the sunday primary piece um to establish an everyday portion of our faith like that we are going to be a people that are every day devoted to Christ, not Sunday devoted to Christ, but every day devoted to Christ. Amen. And so the, the word that we like to kind of slap on that maybe is discipleship, that both personal discipleship, that I am growing in my faith and my relationship with Jesus. But not only that, that I am then finding one or two or three people to help them grow in their relationship with Jesus. And that, my friends, is the church growing the way the church is supposed to grow. Jesus didn't say, go build big buildings and have awesome worship experiences, though I am thankful for those. <laughs> and I love them. And I am a part of them. And like, I'm even the kind of guy that will, you know, pay money to go see Bethel worship and enjoy that corporate powerful you know like i'll buy a ticket for that because i love it right but jesus didn't say go build big buildings he said go and make disciples and so the go and make disciples has not been hindered it has been hindered a little bit with the whole stay at home order i'll give you that but as it begins to as it begins to loosen up a little and we can connect again you know, one-on-one -on -one and, you know, small groups and all of that kind of stuff. Boy, I am getting excited for what God wants to do in us. Like he is not, he has not pushed the pause button on the church guys. Like this is, I feel like he's almost pushing fast forward. Like, Hey, I've been wanting you to take some steps forward and here's a shove, you know? And so, uh, so I, me personally, man, I'm all about like, this is a discipleship move. Like, God just made a really crazy move on the chessboard because he can see, you know, the five moves down the down the road and he just blew the enemy's mind. You know, the enemy thought, I got your queen, baby. I'm going to take this one to the bank. And then all of a sudden everything switches and he's like, dang, I wish I hadn't <laughs> fallen into that trap. So this is I feel like God just set up a trap for the enemy with this whole COVID thing. And yeah. we're gonna see we're gonna see the kingdom of God advance like crazy. I'm with you on that whole faith thing. So awesome. Just a quick recap. We talked about having a kingdom orientation, that foundation for this whole conversation. Two, walking in humility, not not viewing yourself as more important than you than you are. Uh, three, guarding your own heart. 
for out of it flows the issues of life. Uh, four, approaching everything with an attitude of faith, no matter what it is. Involved in a protest or, or giving a sermon or, you know, going on a walk in your neighborhood to talk to your neighbors, do it in faith. Amen. Right. I Amen. Mean, That's right. It's critical. Number five, number five is to, to walk in a, in a posture of surrender to the Lord to recognize kind of goes back to the humility piece, but just recognizing like, I don't know it all. I don't see it all. And so I'm not going to white knuckle grip these things so tight. I'm going to hold things with an open hand. I'm going to, I'm going to receive the things that you want to give me, Lord. And I'm going to allow you to take the things that you want to take. And we're going to see what great things you're going to do as a result, because you know better than I do. Let's be still and let's know that he is God over this scenario. So, wow. Um, I think that's plenty to chew on for people. Um, so Tom, again, thank you so much for making time uh, to come and, and be a part of this. Um, it is an honor to have you on the podcast. Um, one, one final shot for you. You got one last shot to what do you want to say to encourage people or strengthen people right now? I, I would just say this. Don't forget that he's the God of miracles. Literally, in, can I give you a testimony real quick? Please. In January of this year, we were a staff member of ours who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease in November, went without treatment because she was a little bit, didn't know what to do. They diagnosed her in November. And by January, she went from full on diagnosis, neurologist, the whole thing to completely clear. The neurologist said, I don't know what happened. Some people would call this a miracle, but you don't need to see me anymore. And that was two months before this whole thing began. I feel like it was just the Lord saying, I got this. Don't worry. Like that I'm still the God of miracles. So I would just say, whether, whether you lead a hundred people or you just lead your dog around the house, believe that God is faith. He's going to respond to your trust in him. Come on. That is so good. That was a good last shot. So, um, you know, again, thank you, Tom, for being here uh, all the way from Maine. That's pretty exciting. You are the furthest person that I have done this podcast with. So, uh, you get the award and here's your ribbon. I'll send it in the mail. Um, and uh, to the listening audience, just want to say thank you for being a part. Uh, as always, you can reach out to me at rickm.manahouse.church. If you have any questions, comments, save this night remarks for Tom. He loves those. Um, and if you have any ideas for future episodes, just know I'd love to, I'd love to connect with you. And let's talk about that because uh, my heart, again, to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. If there's a particular area that we can uh, that we can hit on that will serve you, serve your church, any serve your small group better, just let us know. We'd love to help out in that regard. And with that, I say God bless you and have the most amazing day.